Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. For weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news. Trends. The people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. This is hour number two of the big program. We want to thank our hour number one guests, Cooper Webb, Kurt Nicole, and the sweet talker, Danny Walker. Hour number two, we have David Anthony, uh, Jeff May, and Chuck Asklin. So road racing, second hour. I want to uh, give a shout out to the American World Trophy Team, ISDE. They are Day two, I think, is over, but I haven't seen the results yet, but they finished day one in the lead so uh that there was a and even our big team yeah the yeah yep. the trophy team yep the uh the so i think the women were the the trophy team was was in first mm-hmm. the uh the 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 women's were in second i think the other team was in third so um that that consists of uh Stu baylor uh who's filling in for caleb russell and um uh, Taylor, Robert. Taylor Robert Sipes yep. and then Zach Bell who yep. who was kind of a, a surprise that he was racing for the ISDE but it's a uh, it's in Chile and I guess it's it's a kind of a west coast flavor so um, interesting pick to see where they uh, where they'll end up but and Taylor Roberts leading right now the individual no surprise he's a west coast guy and and uh, very good so Shout out to those guys. Um, I want to bring in our first guest for hour number two, if we've got him. Yes, we do. Dave Anthony joins us. He finished 2018 in 10th place in the overall standings of the Moto America Moto Tools Superbike class. He has been a regular on the show, and we like having him on. Welcome back to the show. Dave, what's going on, man? What's going on? Not much. Trying to uh, keep the kids quiet for 20 minutes while I talk to you guys. Have you tried spanking them? Oh, yeah, that doesn't work. (laughs) When, When my daughter was young... I used to give her a whole bottle of Benadryl. <laughs> no, you didn't. And then I'd let her watch uh, some kind of uh, movie in her room, like Dora or Bob the Builder, something like that. So she just gently fall asleep. You didn't do and, that. No, I put her you? outside on, on in a in a harness and attach her to a clothesline. Let her you run. Didn't do any of that either. How How old are your kids, Dave? They are eight and nine. Oh well, they can be spanked then. That's that. They're that age where they they probably appreciate a good spanking. Yeah, they're almost ready to uh, spank back too. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> want to be careful about how much uh, effort you put into that. Your kids will get you back. Yep. Well, congrats on a yeah. solid season with tenth overall finish. And and as far as we can tell, you're you're one of the only riders running a Kawasaki in the Superbike class. So you're a standout for that alone. Um, how was that? How was that uh, bike? How's the development? Was it all in house? Anything? Any support from Kawasaki? We've we've always heard no from the guests that we talk to that run road racing and a Kawasaki. But um, I'm curious to hear how everything's going for you. Yeah, the Kawasaki. I'm not. I'm not so sure on. I keep trying and keep persevering, but I've, I've never got along with it since the day I got on the thing. So, in in terms of development, yeah, that's all in house. You know, we get a lot of information from the world teams and BSB teams, but that's all based on Pirelli's. And it's, um, yeah, it's very different. Very different on Dunlops compared to Pirelli's. 
and I think we got our answer as to support because anyone who's getting support generally isn't so honest with their opinions about their <laughs> no, mic. No, so, it, uh, and, uh, I'm sorry. I was laughing. We turn our mics off. Yeah, we, we, yeah, because it was just. I don't know about that, Cowie. It's just yeah, it's uh, refreshing and, to hear honesty from any racer. It's sure it's is. refreshing. And I'm not a big fan of Kawasaki personally. Oh, uh, PJ is, and I am too. I, I mean, but I, I just I've not found it that many people have said great things about their sometimes dealings with uh, with the factory effort or getting any help. Um, but um, in addition to this, your, your own racing, you feel the two riders in the superbike class. Uh, you know, what are the logistics involved for you as not just a rider, but, you know, the crew, transport, etc. I mean, that's got to be a lot of additional duties for you each weekend. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you talked about being honest. Honestly, those guys are, you know, they're paying to be there. They're paying for the service. That's part of my budget. That's how we can go racing. Uh, but it does put a lot of extra effort on, you know, on me, you know, behind the scenes, it's only, it's really me. And I've got another guy, Rob, that really helps me out. But, you know, for me, it's full time. And then we have weekend guys fly in. So yeah, you can imagine adding, uh, you know, we added a second semi this year and just dealing with extra riders, you know, for sure the business side of things come first before, before my riding, but you know, I'd love to, uh, focus on my riding and make that priority, but the end of the day it's a business so you, you get by you do what you gotta do dave and for our listeners that don't know this you've gone both ways in uh, relatively recent history as far as often being a, 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 mm. a team manager uh team principal to for a short time at least you got to focus on your writing um what's what's next year looking like for you are you going to be going at it in similar fashion to this year uh, it'll be similar fashion, yes. You know, ideally, right now, my main focus is to try and get the budget to to do it properly. You know, this year was more of a be there, turn up, and we went racing type scenario. As where, yeah, the goal is more money, more budget, more competitive, and, you know, we go racing to, because, same as everybody, you go racing because you want to win. That's the whole point. But, like I mentioned, it's a business, so I have to survive. So unfortunately, business has been coming first, but yeah, priority is to try and make it so that we can focus on racing, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. And you, you, we joke about the Kawasaki, but it's expensive to switch brands. You've got a lot of a lot of things in the trailer and in the shop and that kind of thing, and it would, it'd be quite an undertaking for you, I would imagine, for the team to uh, to swap that out. Yeah, exactly. It's you know That's why I've stuck with the Kawasaki for the last few years, because, because of the infrastructure we have. You know, earlier this year, I got a chance to ride a an R1, and I tested on it, and testing went really well. I was a lot quicker on the R1 than I was on my Kawasaki, and uh, I ended up racing that bike at Sonoma. It didn't, didn't go as planned on race weekend, but yeah, that was enough to tell me that I'm definitely quicker on a different brand bike, so I'm, I'm trying my hardest to uh, make it work to change brands. And what, you know, for... Uh... For our edification, what all does that involve? Obviously, I mean, are you talking at the the basic level? Do you talk to local dealers? Are you going straight straight to Yamaha's uh, racing group, uh, North America, or uh, beating the bushes everywhere? No, in terms in terms of the bike itself, 
I've pretty much given up trying to source bikes or parts or anything from a manufacturer. It really, uh, there's, there's nothing left out there. I mean, as you guys have probably noticed, Yamaha's cut back a lot. They've already cut the teams that they've got. So, I mean, if you got in good with a local rep for a certain brand, you might be able to get a bike on some kind of marketing budget. But, yeah, it, it's pretty hard to go and get bikes and parts at this stage. It's, it's, it's find your uh, outside sponsors and, and pay for them yourself. That's why I can say bad things about the bike I'm riding. And the contingency, I mean, it plays some factor, I would assume. Uh, or is it, at your level, not such a big deal? No, actually, Kawasaki are very good on their contingency. That's the main reason I'm, I'm still on the Kawasaki. You know, I do a lot of club events for fun. So it's a good way to test and not spend a lot of money. But Kawasaki pays well. So, yeah, I actually can go and, go and test and make some money. So you do wear a... CVMA, what else? I mean, those are the two that I, I think come to mind as far as, as contingency goes. Is there anything else out there that, that people can go do and and earn some money on, on the green card? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's obviously all, all the all the clubs, the CCS. Um, they're primarily on the East Coast, so I don't really get out there too much. Uh, AFM in California, that's pretty good. There's, um, Kawasaki definitely pays, pays the best out of all the manufacturers. I should I should clarify Roman uh, team green card not not the kind of green card that you're running on. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there it had, uh, had to throw it thanks. in there. And thanks there's the joke. <laughs> uh, our guest is David Anthony and uh, uh, team owner and, and racer himself. Um, solid season this year, tenth place overall in the uh, Superbike class. You've um, you've got some some downtime here now. What is your plans to over the winter? What do you? What do you? Uh, how do you spend your time? You know, it's funny. A lot of uh, a lot of riders, and we'll we'll take some time off from the training side of things. But for me, it's my time. It is some downtime, so it's some time to uh, lose some weight that I've gained during the season and and try and get fit again. You know, unfortunately, I uh, the training goes out the window once racing starts because it's you know such a hectic schedule for me. So yeah, a lot of training, getting back in shape, and. It's probably the most stressful time of the year trying to come up with the budget. You know, that's the part I hate the most. You know, I don't like calling people asking for money. So, yeah, got to deal with that and catch up on everything around the house and family that you miss out on during the year. So, Dave, in, in years past, I alluded to earlier, you did at a time have a, a primary role as a rider and a rider only. Um, is that something that you still think about doing, or are those days past and, and team principal slash rider is is really the the future for uh, Mr. Aussie Dave? You know, I'm getting older, so I you know I'd love I do chase up every opportunity I can. I'd love to just be a rider for at least what you know see at the end of my riding career, see what I can do. But unfortunately, there's not many opportunities out there, so yeah. It's, yeah, like I said, chase up every opportunity, but primarily it's focusing on, on keeping the team going. It's it's my source of income. It's yeah, that's what I got to put my put my effort into. And your clearly your your goal, your aim, it would seem, would be in in days after uh, your own involvement as a racer. You you want to carry on a team uh moto america uh, would you agree they're going in the right direction and it makes it for uh for team owners similar to yourself there are a couple out there i mean 
it seems like it is viable to have a going concern that can return on an annual basis. Uh, is that the the feel you have for the sport currently? Yeah, it's definitely going in the right direction. You know, for sure, I've been able to make my living out of it, so I can't complain on that level. Things are definitely definitely getting better in that respect. I'm pretty happy where the championship's going. Unfortunately, it's a slow process, but you know we're getting there. And the overall, I mean, the the health of the motorcycle industry, we talk about it ad nauseum at times, is uh, it, like very similar to uh, any of our racing series. It's, you know, still recovering from uh, from the injuries it took in the 08, 09 era, uh, the industry as a whole, not just the racing aspect. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, when things went bad, I told myself, you know, hang in there keep fighting you'll come out on top uh if you're one of the guys that are still left you know i've done that i don't know i come out on top but i'm still here what are your thoughts on sorry to interrupt but on on uh, moto america and crave group and and all that are you pleased with what they've what they've accomplished in the short amount of time they've taken over the series uh yeah i mean i better not say too much about chuck since i heard he's on the show later on but uh, he is in general. Um, yeah, no, they're definitely those guys have, have made a big improvement. The way it's going, what they offer for teams and riders uh, in terms of a race event, it, it couldn't be any better. Obviously, it's the the promotion side and the, the marketing side, and just you know getting people to follow the sport. That's that's all we need at the moment. But that's looking like the hardest part, really. Yeah, I assume it's it's part and parcel. It's exactly what a team principal needs. Uh, you need to, the ability to sell a product uh, that's this out isn't, there. This isn't unique to, to motorcycle racing, though, you guys. I mean, you drive, you drive, and I've said this on the show before, you drive across country and you look out your window and you see how many stock car tracks that are that are sitting vacant with and you just go man that'd be a cool place to build a motocross track in the middle but unfortunately there's the motocross is as dead as as uh stock car racing is in the midwest and and throughout the the, the various no, regions and you're absolutely and, right. and it's not just it's just not motorcycles it's it's racing in general younger people well and it's the cost part of it is the cost for sure for sure that it has priced it out the the dirt bikes are priced out of of uh, a lot of people's reach and uh, when you go into the bike shop and they say sale price seventy nine ninety nine, and you're like, "What? That's a used bike. How is that even, uh, you know, a good deal?" And and road racing obviously is is uh, in my opinion, I think that it, it, a lot of it starts on kids riding dirt bikes, and you know the side by side has that industry Taking has away. has killed dirt bike sales. You know because parents can buy one side by side and the whole family can go and, and have an adventure rather than ride dirt bikes. And these kids don't ride up, don't grow up to be road racing fans they don't grow up to be flat track racing fans or motocross racing fans or participants do you think i'm off on that dave no i think you're right there on that level definitely the kids these days aren't, aren't into it you know i remember being a kid you know that i get home from school the, all i could think about all day was getting home to ride my bike right but uh my kids you know not that i want to push them into motorcycles but i want to get them off the ipad and the tv try to encourage them to do something but they're just not interested. Just a different different generation. With and, that, uh, yeah, that's you know, in talking about, you know, you guys brought up a few scenarios about what's wrong with motorcycling and road racing and motocross is dying as well. Well, I think you know we've all got our scenarios and everybody's got a got their thought on it. But 
I think it's all combined, you know, every, all of the above. If, if it was one thing, someone would have taken it and run with it, and they'd be fixing it by now. It's not quite that easy. I do, I do think that technology has definitely uh, influenced a lot of the youth today. Uh, uh, my wife has, uh, you know, two kids, and, and they're, you know, teenagers, but they like to spend a lot of time in front of some screens, and I'm guilty of it, too with my cell phone um but uh now that we've moved out in the country i've spent a lot less time in front of the tv or, or well in front it of helps my... when you don't have internet <laughs> we that's, do. that's one way to kill that's one kid, way to I'm kill kid, it. i don't know no we have wireless high speed but um rich yeah yeah that's what happens when your wife makes all the money uh but you know i, I think that that that's really hurt us probably the most and and I know that your your kids are you know a little bit younger, but you know you kind of already alluded to it, and and I think I've s- seen it with uh, some nieces and nephews as well. I think technology has kind of taken that place of going outside and playing or enjoying sure other forms of entertainment. What do you think about that electric bike? I don't know if you saw that, Dave. The uh, uh yeah, Husky and KTM, and I guess Gas Gas had one for an, an Oset or whatever that brand is. I don't know. Comes with the, yeah, Osets though the it's a trials version. It, I think it comes with an emo kit and a and a like psych, psychological issues with that bike. The the the, the, the that <laughs> no. bike, but but the KTM that's coming out and the the Husky. Husky. Have you seen those bikes? They're they're super cool. The electronic or the electric ones. Yeah, the kids ones. Yeah, fifty uh, CCs. I mean that. Definitely a, a way to maybe help things for sure because it's more more accessible for a lot of people. You can you can ride it around your backyard. You know we're on a little bit of land here. Less maintenance. Not that, uh, not that the kids' bikes really affect anybody, but you know if you had neighbors complaining, definitely the electric bikes would be the way to go. Gets past the the old mom test, I think, a little quicker than yeah. uh, than motorcycles. If you've got the For mom, sure. Two if you've got a mom on the, hey, we shouldn't be doing this. Well, it's uh, you know, a, a clever dad could probably compare it to the Barbie car at uh, any mm-hmm. given Walmart or Target. Hey, you had no problem with that. This is the two wheel version. <laughs> I guess you could get away with it like that. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the crafty, the crafty in me. Well, Jeff, uh, uh, Jeff May's up next, but uh, Dave, I wanted to uh, to invite you to come back when you do have a bit of news and you want to uh, make some announcements on the team. We'd love to have you. Well, hopefully, yeah, sometime in the near future, that <laughs> hopefully that'll be an option. You got any uh, hard ones you want us to ask Chuck later in the program? Oh, I mean, I throw them at him personally anyway. I think all of us do. <laughs> um, That's very, awesome. He's very politically correct, and you'll have trouble getting too much exciting information out of him, I'm sure. Well, it's good that he makes himself available to we're race teams try. and we're team owners try. like yourself. But, yeah, we're going to try and put him on the spot for sure. Good luck in your uh, off-season, Dave, rounding up the budget, and we can't wait to see you back on track next season. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was good talking to you. All right, that's been our guest, Dave Anthony. We're going to take a break, but before we, before we do, we want to thank Race Tech, the science of suspension, for nearly 30 years, Racetech's been producing the highest quality suspension components and tools, including gold valves for most types of motorcycles and ATVs. Visit their website at Racetech.com. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dean Wilson, number 15. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Coming up. 
on 5-Minute News. I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.